Recorded live.
Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for life, health, and strength. God, thank you for allowing us to see another day and another evening of Bible study when we come together and study your word and discuss your word and just give you glory and praise. We thank you for the opportunity, God, that you've given to serve another day. Thank you for each individual um, that calls in tonight that are faithful to um, this Bible study. We just bless your name, God. We love you. We say thank you for everything that you've done for us. Thank you for everything that you promised to do. And we thank you for the present, for what you are doing. We give you all the glory and all the praise. We ask that you please touch our hearts, help us to receive your word. Let us hear with your ears, God, and help us to apply your word to our lives. We give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. And thank you for joining in on the call tonight. Um, Wednesday, hump day, another Wednesday. Um, I hope and pray that you all have had an awesome day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. Um, today was a pretty, pretty awesome day for me as well. Very um, nice and warm and sunny today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't hate on our weather. Don't hate on our weather. <laughs> well, it's, we, we had warm weather today, too. It was about 50 here. Mm-hmm. All right. That's why I was talk, talking to my brother today, and he said, um, he said, uh, yeah, we got up to about uh forty something today. I said you got up to forty something. <laughs> like yeah, so he was excited about that, and I, I I've been in Rochester all my life, so I know. You know, um, we we have to take what we can get sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, really, it's been kind of cold down here. You know, we didn't get snow, but it has really been cold and um. I was under the weather uh, over the weekend. Um, Aaron's been kind of under, under the weather. So, it, you know, we, we're getting it a little bit. Some of the cold is, is colder than it's been, you know, last year, the winter before last. So, whatever. I'm just happy about today. Amen. Um, God is good. He's awesome. He's awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, again, like I said, I spoke to my brother, and my siblings and I, we we keep in touch all week, especially me and my sisters. We talk almost every single day. No, we talk every day. I can't say almost. Every day, sometimes two to three times a day. Um, my brother keeps in touch with us as well, and we have a, a group chat on Facebook, and sometimes they start early in the morning acting silly, and we go throughout the day in this group chat. But today my brother physically called me, and um, my brother and I were on the phone for almost two hours. Wow. Yeah, but it was good stuff, you know, talking to parents, 
I've never, we've never had a conversation as parents. And um, mm-hmm. my brother said to me, I appreciate the life that mommy and daddy gave us. Mm-hmm. We had everything we needed, and we've never, we never took notice of that. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I appreciate the no's that they gave us because they knew um, that when they would give us a yes, we would learn how to appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And um, he was talking about with his boys, my nephews, how they have everything. He said they have tablets, they have the Wii games, they have PlayStation 3, they have the PlayStation um, 1 in, or Xbox One. Um, he said they have everything, and they're, they still have to have him around to entertain them. He said, all, all we did was go outside, and that's all we did as kids. We went outside, and we had so much fun, and we yeah. would play outside until the lights came on. Yeah. But today, no ma'am and no sir, our kids are so ungrateful because they get everything. They get everything. And I, I said to him, I said, don't you regret? I said, have you said any time since you've had kids that I'm not going to do to my kids what our parents did to us. And he was like, yes. I said, that was the biggest mistake we could make. And that's mm-hmm. when we realized that we had a great life. Even when we got whoopings, we had a great life. Oh, yeah. And um, some of our kids need whoopings. <laughs> they need whoopings. Holy God, they need whoopings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm I'm so honored. I sure you get them. <laughs> huh? I, I sure you to get them. Yes, and it and it hurts at the moment. But you know what? You you haven't been to prison. You've never been to jail, right? Amen. Oh, okay. So them whoopings they paid off. Yeah. They paid off. You you had a pretty good life. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things that we shouldn't have. But overall, mm-hmm. we've never been in, in um, trouble with the law. You know, we weren't, I wasn't mouthy to teachers and stuff like that. So those whoopings paid off. Yeah. All my teacher had to do was say, that's okay, Audrey, I'm going to call your mom. I straightened up real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I knew my mother would come to school and whoop me in front of the class and then go back to work. And then when I got home, I'm getting another whooping because she had to leave work to come and whoop me. Uh-huh. So, yeah, thank God for my mama and my daddy. I can imagine, I can count the amount of whoopings I got from him, but Sister Millie White didn't play. She didn't. <laughs> <laughs> She's a mag, honey, and she did not play. Uh-huh. So we honor, we just honor God tonight just for being good. And our lesson is how we grow, how we grow. And all of that that we just talked about has to do with our growth as human beings. And we're mm-hmm. going to talk about our growth naturally and spiritually. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, all right. So, God wants us to grow. I have some scriptures, some awesome scriptures, and some of them we're going to go to. And this is not actually this one. This lesson is not a long. This study is not a long one, um, but it's very effective. 
It's very, very effective. Okay. How we grow. How we grow. We are not meant to remain as children, and that's one thing that we should always, excuse me, remember, that we are not meant to remain as children. We talked about this a little bit on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um Let's go to Ephesians 4 and 14. Ephesians 4 and 14. Ephesians 4 and 14. And it says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. So we should know truth when we hear truth. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. We, Amen. Should, we should know God's word, especially those of us that have been in, in the ministry that we're under, that have been walking with God. We should know truth when we hear truth. Mm-hmm. Little kids, um, you know, you can tell them anything. You can tell them some little kids because some little kids are so so smart. And you tell them something, they go, "Man, you're not telling me the truth." <laughs> but it's, it's some of us grown folk that need we need in in that instance we need to know when preachers are up preaching, when people come into you saying that they're prophets and prophetesses and they come with foolishness, mm-hmm. with foolishness. And sometimes people eat it up and you would think that they, you have to ask yourself or say, well, how long have they been saved? Mm-hmm. Don't they have a relationship with God? Why are they listening to such foolery? But we have to grow up and we have to grow in God, grow in him. God wants us to grow up. Our um, Heavenly Father's goal for us is to mature and develop the characteristics of Christ. Sadly, there are millions of Christians that grow old but never grow up. They're stuck in perpetual spiritual infancy, remaining in diapers and booties. And the reason is because they never intended to grow up. Mm. Some people don't, they get saved, they get filled with the Holy Ghost, and that's it for them. That's it. I just I just want to be saved. I just, I don't, you know, I don't want to do anything else. I don't want to minister to anybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to, they they have no, like there's no thought process for the future. I don't want to go any further than I am. Just being saved is enough, but it's not. I remember um, the last time we were in Rochester, an apostle was preaching, and he um, gave the analogy of when we get before God and we're going to see this long corridor of um, um, shelves, shelving, shelving, and different gifts are going to be on those shelves, 
and God is going to show us all the ones that he gave us and we never utilized them. Mm-hmm. Huh. I don't want to be, I don't want that. I don't want that. And I, when he, when he used, gave that analogy, it was just so plain to me. Yeah. It was so plain, and it really made me self-evaluate. Uh-huh. And I said to God in that moment, I said, God, I know that I missed out on a lot of things that you had for me to do out of fear. I've missed it. But help me. if I, I know I can't go back. You can never get time back. But help me to reach for those things from now on. Help me to reach for them. Help me to uh, obtain those gifts and to utilize them in the way that he wants us to use it, in the way that he would like for me to use it. Spiritual growth is not automatic. It doesn't just come. It takes an intentional commitment. We said on Monday, you must want to grow. Mm -hmm. You must decide to grow. You must make an effort to grow and persist in growing. Discipleship, the process of becoming like Christ, always begins with a decision. Jesus calls us and we respond. Let's go to St. Matthew um, 9 and 9. St. Matthew 9 and 9. Can I read? Hello. All right. St. Matthew 9 and 9 says, And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew, that was the tax collector, sitting at the receipt of, cu- at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And Matthew arose, and he followed him. Matthew didn't ask, Well, where are you going? Well, who all have you caught so far? Who all who all is coming with you? That was an that was an act of faith, and it was an act of obedience. An act of faith and an act of obedience. All Jesus said was, "Come and follow me," and he did. When the first disciples chose to follow Jesus, they didn't understand all the implications of their decisions. They didn't understand everything that was going to come along with it. But they simply responded to Jesus' invitation. And that's all we need. That's all you and I need to get started. We need to first decide to become a disciple. Amen? Amen. Decide to become a disciple. And then nothing shapes your life more than the commitment that you choose to make. Your commitment can develop you or they can destroy you. But either way, they will define you. They will tell just who you are. What you're committed to will determine um, who you are 20 years from now. Amen. We become whatever we are committed to. We become that. 
We become that. Mothers, anybody that have a child, you should know that firsthand. Anybody that's married, you you should know that firsthand. Mm-hmm. When you're married, you you are committed to that 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 husband or that wife. You're committed to that marriage. Right. So in that marriage, you sometimes forget about yourself. Mhm. Because you make it a point of trying to please that spouse. You so you're you're known, especially us women, you're known as Mrs. So and so. When you're a mother, you your focus is making sure those kids are right all the time, have it together, have everything they need. You forget about yourself. You lose yourself because you are so committed to being that mother, to being that wife, to being that CEO of this company, to being that, that breadwinner, to being whatever, whatever you are committed to becomes who you are. So you have to choose your commitments wisely. Amen. Is this making sense to anybody? Amen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's choose our commitments wisely. It is at this point of commitment that most people miss God's purpose for their lives because we're afraid to commit to anything, and some of us um, just drift through life. Others make self-hearted, I'm sorry, half-hearted commitments to competing values, which leads to frustration and mediocrity. I'm going to do it halfway. I'm going to just, you know, do it enough, you know, where people think that, you know, well, I'll do it when I feel like doing it. I'll commit myself to it when I feel like when I feel like doing it. And I'll give you a prime example. I, I went to school for nails. So I can do nails, and there was one. There was a time I didn't complete my hours, but there was a time when I was so committed to doing nails. I I just, oh, who wants your nails done? I was I was just doing nails. Whoever wants them done, I didn't care if you don't have money. Just let me do them because I just love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love to design and all of that. And then after a while. Years that I don't want to do them anymore. When I first moved to Georgia, my husband said, "Well, you know, we can set you up with doing nails and stuff." I said, "No, I just want to do nails when I'm ready to do nails. <laughs> I don't want to do them because I have to. I don't want to do them. I don't want people once you know you get your nails done every two weeks you need to fill. How about in two weeks I don't feel like doing nails? Mm. So that wasn't a commitment that I was ready." That was a half-hearted commitment. I'll right. do them, but I'll when you feel like it, do them right when I when I feel like it. But then, on the other hand, what about the people that are committed to coming? Mm-hmm. What about the ones that need that feel that feel in two weeks? But because of my um, um, inconsistent. See, now they have to find, they got to go to the Chinese shop to get a fill. They're not going to want to keep going back and forth. 
because they're committed to me and they're consistent with coming to me, but I, as the the business person, suppose I'm not committed to to meeting their needs. Hmm. Did that just make sense? I can, yes. God is always committed to us. He's committed to, to doing things in our lives. He's committed to um, allowing us to breathe every day. He's committed to keeping us healthy. He's committed to keeping our mind right. He's committed to giving us salvation. He's committed to all of that. But we are, I'll thank you or I'll pray maybe tomorrow. But today I got a whole lot to do. You know, Prophet, if I can say something. Go ahead. I I see the connection that you're making. And it's um, a lot of times um, we as saints, we deter people from the church, and it's because of our inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. Because um, when, when we're supposed to be friendly, when we're supposed to be um, kind, when we're supposed to be loving, when we're supposed to be there because we're in our feelings and we at the time sometimes don't feel like doing it, um, it turns other people, it turns them away from the church. Mm-hmm. And how many, how many times do, how many people do we know we've said, or they've said in times past, you know, I've, I've gone to such and such and, and um, they've given me bad advice or they couldn't help me or they didn't, they weren't, they weren't being what I, what I thought a saint was supposed to be. Right, and, you, and I thank God for the pastor that, that I have. And no matter what time of day, he's willing to help. Mm-hmm. Whether he's tired, whether he's had a long day, whether you know, even, if he doesn't, even if he doesn't have time, he will make time yes. to help you in your, in your time of trouble. And we have to be that consistent because if we're saying that we're committed to God, right, because that's, that's what we're talking about. If we're mm-hmm. saying that we're committed to God, then it must be shown in our action, not just through our, our words. Amen. Because if we don't, because if we don't, like you said, um, like you said with the people with the nails, if you had clients and people that, that were depending on you, something, I realize sometimes people are praying for something and God is depending on you to bring them their blessing. But if you're in your feelings, then they're going to miss out on the thing that they were praying for. Mm-hmm. So it, so, that's why we have to always be where we're supposed to be. We got to always do what we're supposed to do when we're supposed to do it. And that's all the time. Because mm-hmm. if anybody wants to be my disciple, he must first deny himself. Mm-hmm. Right? You got to deny your feelings. Pick up your cross. Mm-hmm. Even when you don't feel like okay. even when you don't feel like carrying it, you got to do it and follow Christ. Yeah. And if we don't, just like you said, they went to the Chinese people. People go to other faiths. People go to other churches, and they stay in those churches because they get, they feel a sense of love, right? Because there's Muslims that show more love sometimes than some of the Christians do. Yep. There's Baptists mm-hmm. that show more love than the apostolic saints do. Mm-hmm. There's Buddhists that show stronger love than some of the, than some of the believers do. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have to be the example above all. Yeah. Amen. Thank you for that. And just to add to that, we are not <clears throat> we are not just um, committed to Christ. But when we become committed to Christ, do you know that we 
should be committed to each other as brothers and sisters. Amen. It got real quiet just now. Amen. But we should be committed. You were saying, Minister Melquan, that your pastor is committed to the saints. He's committed. We're supposed to have that same commitment. Amen. That if my brother or my sister call me and they need help or they need prayer, we are supposed to be committed to the faith enough to reach out and to do for that sister or that brother. Amen. Others make a full commitment to worldly goals, such as becoming wealthy or famous. And then they end up disappointed and bitter. Every choice we make has an eternal consequence. So we better choose wisely. We've got to choose wisely. Be very, very wise in what you choose. Let's go to Second Peter 3 and 1. Second Peter, excuse me. Second Peter three and one. You know, this little tiny Bible. You said three and one. Second Peter three and one. Oh my goodness! Y'all give me a second, please. Man. Second Peter, who has it? It says, this second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. You want me to go on? No, no, no. Stay right there. Second Peter 3 and 1. And I'm going to just put it in, 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 you know, break it down a little bit. It says, since everything around us is going to melt away, what holy, godly lives we should be living. Everything, 3 and 11, I'm sorry. I knew that didn't go to 3 and 11. Okay. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. Mm-hmm. What ma- No? Yeah, yeah. Oh, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Yeah, so so what, what uh, Peter is saying is that seeing that everything is going to pass away. You know, the Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. Mm-hmm. So we might as well be ye holy, for God is holy. Be like God. Stop focusing on everything else. Be committed to the call. I believe that was Apostle Nesbitt or Bishop that, that taught that before. Committed, being committed to the call. What call? Whatever God has called you to do, be committed to it. Amen. 
Be committed to it. Stop being in and out. Stop being inconsistent. This is how we grow. That's what we're talking about, how we grow. Okay. We can't grow when we're in this week and out next week. We can't, we can't grow when we are um, up this week and down next week. Talking faith this week and then next week, I, I'm not so sure. I don't know. Even when it seems like it's not working, things are not working, and the more you talk faith, the less you see happen. You've got to be consistent and committed. Amen? Amen. 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 Y'all quiet tonight, but it's okay because I'm teaching a little more. Now, let's go to God's part and your part. We're talking about how we grow. And commitment is a big part of it. God's part and your part. Christ-likeness is the result of making Christ-like choices and depending on God's spirit to help you fulfill those choices. Once you decide to get serious about becoming like Christ, you must begin to act in new ways. I'm going to read that again. Once you decide to get serious about becoming like Christ, you must begin to act in new ways. Mm-hmm. You will need to let go of some old routines. Oh, my. <laughs> Somebody said, well, I can still do the same stuff I do and um, be Christ-like. You're a lie. Mm-hmm. The, the truth ain't in you. Amen. You've got to let go of some old friends. Yeah. You can't continue with your stripper friends. And thank God. You can't continue with your friends that you used to drink with. Amen. And your family members. Amen. You know what, I, what I've learned? This is a side note. That sometimes when people come to Christ, the hardest thing for them to do is to recognize that some family members you cannot be entangled with anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, amen. amen. Some amen. people just, but that's my brother. That's my sister. But guess what? If God was to come, if, if Christ was to return, you lost because you still hanging out with the same crew. Mm-hmm. Well, I ain't doing nothing. I'm just going over here. You know, they drinking and they having a party. And I ain't going to be, you know, drinking, but I'm just going to go over here. No. How about the Bible says not to let your good be evil spoken of? Right. How about the Bible says be not again entangled with the yoke of bondage? How about that? Amen. How about the Bible says can two walk together except they be agreed? Amen. Mm-hmm. You so you that means if you taking out your time to go over here to this party, you agree with something that's going on over there. Mm-hmm. Hello, somebody. Yeah. I'm teaching tonight, and I know it. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Once you decide to get serious about becoming like Christ, you must begin to act. In new ways, you will need to let go of some old routines and develop new habits. Get you some new friends. 
Mm-hmm. If you can't do that, if you 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 saying, well, ain't nobody my age. You don't have to hang with nobody your age all the time. Maybe you need to hang with the deacon at the church, the the saved deacon at the church, so then he can teach you some stuff about being a man. Maybe you need to hang time with some of the mothers, the saved mothers at the church, so she can teach you chastity and how to be a young lady. Amen. Mm-hmm. Hang with people that do what you want to do. Come on. Come on. Yes, like you are so right. Yes, yes. When, when, it, when, if you're trying to change who you used to be, change from who you used to be to quite being Christ-like, you know what? Every time they call a meeting at the church, I will find myself at that meeting. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, That's right. Every time they have sit, sit, say, and pray at the church, I will find a reason to be there. I will get there before everybody. What y'all want me to bring? Mm-hmm. When they have a men's meeting, I will beat everybody there. Amen. Because those are my brothers. Those are my sisters. These are the saints at the church. I don't have no other friends. So until God, God, until you give me somebody to hang out with, this is where I'm going to make it to these meetings. I'm going to still go after that, but I'm going to make it to these meetings because then I can have a conversation with somebody that's of the same mind. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Anybody want to say anything before I move on? Well, as far as, like you were saying, you you want to change, so you're gonna make it make it your business to go to these meetings and stuff. Not just that, but it's also to get to know your sisters and brothers. Absolutely. Because you don't know what you have in common with them if you have a fellowship with them. Mm-hmm. You don't. You're gonna be comfortable hanging with them if you don't. If if you go to church and then as soon as they say dismiss, you the first one out the door. Absolutely. Absolutely. Be around them and fellowship with them, talk with them, get to know one another. You are so right. And we may not go shopping every week. We may not go eat to eat every week. But you know what? We're There's something that we have in common. Mm-hmm. There's something that we are first. We're sisters in Christ. We're brothers mm-hmm. in Christ. So I'm going to embrace you. I'm going to embrace you because you're my sister, you're my brother. I may not, you like jog in the morning. I may not like to jog in the morning. I absolutely mm. don't like to jog in the morning. I like to sleep. Even at evening. But, you know, I'll meet you after your jog and we can go have tea. How's <laughs> that? But let's find a reason. Let's make up something. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. Let's make up some. Let's go. Let's go, have a men's breakfast. Let's go to breakfast. Let's meet at IHOP and have breakfast. We don't have to have no structured meeting. We don't have no business. We we have to talk about. Let's just go to breakfast and be men and have have fun. Amen. Let's go. Let's until women's um Sunday leading up to women. But okay. 
I got an idea. I know it's last minute, but this is your president. Listen, I was thinking I want us, I want us to do um, a breakfast or I want us to meet for lunch. I like to eat. Come on. Don't we know? And don't do that. And if I know somebody, if I know somebody else likes to eat, honey, I'm inviting you to lunch, breakfast, lunch, and or dinner and a snack. Uh-huh. To get to know you. That's how you get to know people. Do something that they're comfortable doing. Uh-huh. I'll meet you at Barnes and Nobles because I like books. We can go to Barnes and Nobles and have tea and a piece of bread. Um and. <laughs> Read a book or talk about a book. or But let's find ways to to gel. I like that word, to gel with our brothers and our sisters. That's becoming Christ-like, and that's changing from old habits to new habits, from old friends to new friends. Intentionally change the way you think. Amen. Intentionally do it with a purpose. I'm, I'm changing the way I think on purpose. Yeah. You can be certain that the Holy Spirit will help you with these changes so you're not on your own. You're not doing it on your own. But when you purpose in your heart and your mind and in your spirit that this is, God, I want to be more like you, so whatever I need to do, I need, I just ask that you help me. Show me what I need to do. Show me what I need to do and help me to do it. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. I'm going to give you a scripture, Philippians 2 and 12 through 13. Just write that one down. Philippians 2 and 12 through 13, and I'm going to read it. You can write it down. It says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed not, as in my presence only, but not but now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. He will help us. He will help us. If we want to change, again, purpose in your heart. Change on purpose. With with the intent intentions on, I want to be what God wants me to be. I want to be Christ like. Amen. 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 There are two parts to spiritual growth. There are two parts to spiritual growth: work out and work in. Mm. The workout is our responsibility. And the working is God's role. Spiritual growth is a collaborative effort between you and the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit works with us, not just in us. It works in us. With us, not just in us. And the scripture that we just read, the verse written is, is written to believers. Mm. And it's not about how to be saved, but how to grow. Yeah. And it does not say work for your salvation. 
Because you can't add anything to what Jesus has already done. Man. I just talked about jogging in the morning, but listen, during a workout, do we exercise to develop our bodies or do we exercise to get a body? Hmm. We exercise to, when we work out, do we work out to exercise to, do we exercise, I'm sorry, to develop our body or to get a body? Develop. 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 So the Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. Develop your salvation with fear and trembling. Emma. Wow. He got, when we work out a puzzle, when we are doing a puzzle, we already have the pieces. Our task is to put them together. Mm. Farmers work the land, not to get the land, but to develop what they already have. That's what Amen. farmers do. So God has given us a new life. And our responsibility is to develop it with fear and trembling. That means to take your spiritual growth seriously. Stop playing. But to take it seriously. When people, listen to this, when we're casual about our spiritual growth, it shows. And it shows that we don't understand the eternal implications. We we don't understand. We really don't understand. First of all, we don't understand God's God's word when we take our salvation for granted. When we take um, growing in Christ for granted, mm. we're so nonchalant. We're so laid back. That means we don't even understand really who God is. Mm. We need to change to um to autopilot. Mm. To change your life, you must change the way you think. Again, I say that. Behind mm-hmm. everything you do is a thought. Every behavior is motivated by a belief and every action is prompted by an attitude. Amen. And God revealed this thousands of years before psychiatrists did. Because, you know, psychiatrists think they know, they know it all. Everything. Psychologists, they, they think that they just, they know everything. They, they wrote the book. Dr. Phil. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But Proverbs 4 and 23, and, and it says, be careful how you think. Because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Imagine riding a speedboat on a lake and you put it on autopilot to go east. And then you decide that you want to reverse and go west. You have two possible ways to change the boat's direction. One way is to grab the steering wheel and physically force it to head in the opposite, opposite direction from where the autopilot pilot is programmed to go. 
by sheer willpower, you could overcome the autopilot, but you would feel consistent and constant resistance. Your arms would eventually tire of the stress, and you'd let go of the steering wheel, and the boat would instantly head back east the way it was internally programmed. This is what happens to us when we try to change our life with our own willpower. Amen. You say, I'll force myself to eat less. (laughs) Some of us are always on a diet. I'm going to just stop eating. I'm going to just, I can do it myself. I don't don't need to go to Jenny Craig. I don't need to go to um, um, Weight Weight Watchers. I can just do this myself. All I need is just to have the will to do it. So I'll force myself to eat less and I'll exercise more. You don't even exercise to begin with, but now you're going to exercise more. <laughs> and I'll quit, you know, I'll just quit eating sugar. I'll keep, that That was my thing. I, I'm going to stop eating sweets. I'm going to uh-huh. stop eating sweets. I'm going to stop going by Pineland um, Bakery and getting don- a dozen of donuts. I'm going to stop going by to get a piece of red velvet cake. I'm going to stop going and get a bear claw. I'm going to stop eating bread. That's it, because I know I need to lose weight. That's it. Have you stopped? Then, huh? Have you stopped? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> See, I had that self-will, so I did stop for a little while. I did. I stopped for a little while. And then, uh, uh, you know, as time went on, um, I had that was a short Term change because it was a self will, so it was short term. So then, you know what I said to myself? I -hmm. said, you know what? I lost a little bit of weight. And that's why I don't like when people say, you want to lost weight because then that gives me the okay to eat more, (laughs) to eat one more donut. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I'm, I'm telling you how we trick ourselves, and this goes into the spiritual as well. Yes. So mm-hmm. then I'll say, you know what, I haven't eaten a donut in a while, and I did lose 10 pounds, or I did lose 5 pounds. So I'm just going to eat one donut. But then mm-hmm. I get to the bakery, and I don't want to just order one donut because then that sounds crazy. So then I'm going to order two donuts, and I'm going to take one home to one of the kids. But then on the way home, after I eat the first one, I'm like, but there's four kids in the house, and I can't give that one donut to only one. So I might as well eat it. Mm-hmm. And then I need something to drink with it. So I, I've been drinking water. I've been doing real good. So let me get a sweet tea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how we rationalize sin in our lives. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's how we rationalize inconsistency. That's how we rationalize not being committed. I've been committed for six months. I've been, God, I've been doing good for six months. Now, today, I just don't feel like going to church. Mm. Mm. Today, I know they call the women's meeting, but God, look, I've been faithful. So this one time, it's not going to hurt, and we convince ourselves of that. And then the next time, we say, well, this, oh, okay, so the, I only did it one time before, so, but sister, someone will never be there, and I'll never hear pastor <laughs> say nothing about her. We rationalize. 
But guess what? It creates constant internal stress because you haven't dealt with the root cause. And that change doesn't even feel natural because we forced ourselves and then we it was a short-term change. Yeah. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't quit. Amen. Don't quit. But there is a better and easier way to change. We have to change our autopilot. Change the way we think. Amen. The Bible says in Romans, let's be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Change always starts first in your mind. The way you think determines the way you feel, and the way you feel influences the way you act. Bishop always says, do you feel as good as you look? Mm-mm. And some people be looking like uh, a cat just dragged them for miles. And they be like, yup. <laughs> you must ain't looking in the mirror. You don't know how you look. <laughs> and you feel like that? Change starts in our mind. And Amen. the way you think this determines the way you feel. And the way you feel influences your actions. Mm-hmm. Paul said being renewed by your mind, by renewing the spirit by what? The renewing. What's that, Ephesians 4 and 23? Ephesians, say it again. Ephesians 4 and 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Mm. Be like Christ. You must develop the mind of Christ. Amen. The New Testament calls this mental shift repentance. Boom! I just dropped it on you. Mm. The New Testament calls this mental shift repentance, Mm. which in in Greek literally means to change your mind. Mm You repent whenever you change the way you think by adopting how God thinks. Mm. Adopting how God thinks. Thinks about what? Thinks thinks about yourself, thinks about us, mm. Whatever, however God thinks about sin, whatever he thinks about sin, whatever he thinks about other people, life, our future, and everything else. We begin to think like him. Yes. We begin to have take on a Christ like a Christ like outlook and perspective. We are commanded to think the same way as Christ thinks. Philippians two and five. We are commanded. Commanded. Write that scripture down, Philippians two and five. There are two parts there are two you said parts. Philippians or Philippians. Philippians 2 and 5. Thank you. Mm-hmm. There are two ways, I'm sorry, two parts to doing this. The first half of this thought 
I'm sorry, the first half of this mentorship is to stop thinking immature thoughts. Stop thinking immature thoughts. Immature thoughts. Which are self-centered and self-seeking. Immature thoughts are thoughts only about you. Mm. Everything is about you. Everything is about making you happy. Everything is about what you want to do. Everything is about making things right for you. Self-centered and self-seeking. You want everybody to applaud you and everybody has to be at your beck and call. But mm-hmm. you don't want, you're not going to do it for anybody else. Wow. You're not going to be there for nobody else. Mm-hmm. When the pastor... Um, when he, he he acknowledges Deacon so-and-so, your feelings are, you all in your feelings, as Minister McQuan said, you all in your feelings. Well, why mm. you ain't say that about me last week? Mm. And I came early, and I shoveled the front of the door. Mm. The ain't say nothing about that. Apostle ain't say nothing when I came and turned the heat on in the church. Mm. But he's talking about Sister so-and-so that she did all she did all she did, and then we get into the all she did was. First hmm. Corinthians 14 and 20 says, Brethren, be not children in understanding. How be it in malice? Be ye children, but understanding, but in understanding be men. So, so what he's saying is stop thinking like children. In regards to evil, be infants. In, in regards to, e- to evil, be infants. But in your thinking, be adults. Hmm. That was First Corinthians 14 and 20. 14 and 20. Thank yes. you. Babies, by nature, are completely selfish. They are. They think only of themselves and their own needs. Babies. They are incapable of giving. These are babies. They can only receive. That is immature thinking. Unfortunately, many people never grow beyond that kind of thinking, saints included. Wow. Wow. The Bible says that selfish thinking is the source of sinful behavior. Mm. Selfish thinking is the source of sinful behavior. And I'll go to Romans 8 and 5 to back me up. Romans 8 and 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. Mm-hmm. But things that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Proved it right there, right? Amen. Now, the second part, the second half of thinking like Jesus is to start thinking maturely, which focuses on others. So it's opposite from what I just said. It focuses, we focus on others and not ourselves when we're thinking maturely. In this great chapter on what real love is, Paul concluded that thinking of others is the mark of maturity. That's what Paul said. In 1 Corinthians 
13 and 11. Y'all writing these scriptures down? Mm-hmm. 13 and 11, 1 Corinthians. And it says, and that knowing the time that now is, it is high time to awake out of sleep. Uh-oh, I'm back in Romans. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. How that spoke as a child. Go ahead. I understood as a child. I thought mm-hmm. as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what um, Paul said. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Uh-huh. Some of us need to put our childish ways behind us. It's over for that. And let's go on and become spiritually grown adults, mm. spiritually grown saints. Today, many assume that spiritual maturity is measured by the amount of biblical information and doctrine you know. That doesn't matter none. Because some of the most immature um, people are preachers. Mm. And they will tell you they want want you to believe I'm 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 Christ like I'm going to church I, I I'm a man of God because I can quote eighteen thousand scriptures mm. but you ain't living nothing bro mm. you just you're silly mm. you silly everything is about you everything is about you got to prophesy to everybody ain't got nothing to say but you just got to prophesy to everybody so people can acknowledge you. Mm. How about you have a seat and grow up? Mm-mm-mm. While knowledge is one measurement of maturity, it isn't the whole story. Amen. Christian life is far more than creed and conviction. It includes conduct and character. Our deeds must be consistent with our creed, and our beliefs must be Backed up with Christ-like behavior. I can tell you all day who I am, and I'm living for God. But if you don't see that, the words coming out of my mouth, is they're, they're void. Mm-hmm. Christianity is not a religion or a philosophy, but a relationship and a lifestyle. The core of that lifestyle is thinking of others as Jesus did instead of ourselves. The Bible says we should think of their good and try to help them by doing what pleases them. Even Christ did not try to please himself, and that's in Romans fifteen two through 3. Thinking of others, Romans 15, 2 and 3. Thinking of others is the heart of Christ's likeness and the best evidence of spiritual growth. This kind of thinking is unnatural, it's countercultural, and it's rare, and it's difficult. But fortunately, we have help. And God has given us his spirit. That's why we don't think the same way that the people of this world think. But we think like Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. It is 829. It is 829, and I hope that this lesson, how we grow, how we grow, I pray that somebody got something out of this lesson tonight. 
Amen. I pray that you did. Anybody yes. have any any comments that there were questions they would like to ask? Um, you you said selfish thinking is the source of what? Of sinful behavior. Okay. Yes. Anybody else? Um, I came in late on it on this um Bible study, but I'm glad that I did uh, get in on the bit that I did um, because there's a lot of things that I went through as far as um, when I got saved thinking that I had it made and had to mm-hmm. realize that I had to be consistent mm. in reading the Word, going to Bible study. And just like you were saying, when the doors open, yeah, you complain sometimes, but make sure you're there. Mm-hmm. It's out. So yeah. I, I really, really uh, agree with a lot of what was said tonight. Amen. 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 Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Well, I came in on it late as well, and... What what I did catch was definitely for me, so I, I'm thankful for this study. And just let me do this real quick. I don't even know why. No, I can't. I don't know why, but I think um, this God that would like me to give you all the scriptures. I'm going to give you 12 scriptures that we called out on tonight, and some of them that we read. Okay. Just for you okay. to want to go over them. Um, St. Matthew 9 and 9. Mm-hmm. 2 Peter 3 and 11. Mm-hmm. Philippians 2 and 12 through 13. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 4 and 23. Oops. Romans mm-hmm. 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2. Mm-hmm. Ephesians 4 and 23. Ephesians 4 and 23. Mm-hmm. Philippians 2 and 5. Mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 14 and 20. Mm-hmm. Romans 8 and 5. Mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 13 and 11, mm-hmm. Romans 15, 2, and 3, yes. mm-hmm. and 1 Corinthians 2 and 12 was the last one. 2 and 12, okay. I, I missed, oh, Philippians 2, 12 through 18, I got it, okay. 12 through 13. 12 through 13, yes. Okay, and all of these scriptures will help will help us in our growth, in our spiritual growth, and it'll help us with our um, um, being renewed in in our mind, being renewed in the spirit of our mind. We we have to be renewed spiritually in our mind. Amen. So uh, that's that's all I have for y'all for tonight. Amen. 
And we're going to end with prayer. It was so nice to hear um, Minister Melfon. I know he's been under the weather, but it so, was so nice to hear. I heard him. Uh, I spoke to him yesterday, and his voice sounded ominous. But it sounds so much clearer and better today. So we just thank God for his healing. Um, okay. Thank God for um, um, brother and sister um, Sean and Monique. Amen. That sounds so funny. So funny. Hagen. I was going to say Hayward. <laughs> I was going to say Hayward. I must be thinking about my husband. <laughs> but it's good to have you all on the line tonight. So good to have you all on the line. On you. On you. And and Mississippi and Minister Rochelle and um um the Williams. It's just good to have everybody on tonight. And those that are not haven't said anything but that are on the line. We just thank God for you all. We will be back on Monday at 7.30. And on Monday, we are going to start a new study, Transformed by Truth. Transformed Mm -hmm. by Truth. So tune in. Encourage someone to tune in. um, And let's come together and study God's Word and bring light where there's darkness. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you, God, for uh, speaking to our spirits. Thank you for encouraging our hearts. God, thank you for giving us the words that we need, Father, to continue to grow in you. God, help us to do according to your word. Help us, oh God, to consult you daily, oh God, because you're the only one that can help us. You're the only one that can um, pull us through, and we just thank you so much. Father, help us to be an encouragement to someone else. Help us to encourage each other. God, help us to, uh, where we've been lacking, help us to do better. Help us to think better. Help us, oh God, to change our way of thinking, which will in turn change the way we act. It will change our emotions. It will change everything about us. We give you glory and praise. Thank you for our leaders, God. Thank you for keeping them. Thank you, for, Father, for what you're doing in this ministry. We just give you all the glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we love you. We give you all the praise for you are worthy, worthy, worthy of the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, amen. I am, I am, I we are our brothers and sisters. Awesome. Continue, continue to encourage someone to hold on. Amen. Oh, no. Amen. 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 Good night, everybody. Love you. Love you. Good night. Thank you all. Sorry, laughing. What did she say? I am. We are. I was going to